on this episode of Why Watch That. So, you know, the movie starts and, you know, they're they're out on the English, you know, grass, you know, by the, you know, cliffs, that whole thing. And they're in each other's arms and, you know, this tear that goes down his face, and you know, because she's persuaded, title, to give up that engagement. Like Ghostbusters, it is of the 80s. That's a part of what makes it charming. You try to update it, you might have a problem. Write your own ghost story. I know this is hard, because you actually have to sit down and write something instead of, you know, taking a property you already own and making it for 2022 or whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. That's updated. Update it for whom? What does yeah, this mean? I don't need to update anything. Uh-oh. Look, like Susan Batson said in Girl 6, respect your art. <laughs> if you would pay me, you would show that you have respect for your art form. <laughs> yes, that's it. When we start going in, you know, they're going on this mission to stop this bomb. You get this music going, you know, it's like, okay. Because Albert is a top scientist in charge of developing a game-changing drug called Joy. Now, if they call the drug Joy, I'm not taking it. (laughs) I don't trust it. Look, like that song, Joy and pain, <laughs> sunshine and rain, it's rain and pain. <laughs> hey, it's the Why Watch That producer and critic here. Uh, and we have a special announcement, guys. Now, if you have been listening to Why Watch That, you know that you've only been able to listen to us. Well, you could see us on YouTube, but not actually see the people. But can't now you can't see. <laughs> now you can see the people behind the voices. So if you um, if you've only ever listened to us audibly, know now that you can catch us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash why watch that. Oh my goodness. We're on video and who knows what's coming next. Welcome to why watch that your guide best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform, and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, why watch that? Welcome to another edition episode of Why Watch That. I'm Brandy, the producer. It's Chauncey, the critic. Yes, and we are here to get into another episode today, guys. We're going to be tackling movies and TV. I know a lot of times we go deep into one, but today we'll give you guys a mixed bag of both. So we're going to kick this off with our first look of um, a movie called Persuasion. Persuasion is a movie brought to us by Netflix. It is an adaptation of um, a Jane Austen novel. And the critics want to tell us who's in it, what is it about, and who should be watching this. 
Yeah. And you know, it's not getting a lot of love from the critical circles. How dare these people? Now, it's directed by Carrie Cracknell, and it is, well, the screenplay is by Ronald Bass and Alicia Victoria Winslow. It's starring Dakota Johnson. There you go. Along with Cosmo Jarvis, we have Nikki Amuka Bird and other people. Henry Golding pops up and so on and so forth. So if you don't know Persuasion from Jane Austen, here's basically what's going on. So Dakota is playing Anne Elliot. Anne is the middle daughter of three daughters. And, you know, it's a period piece. You know Jane Austen stuff. You know that this family has money and all of that stuff. They live it on a state. Now, her older sister is like this famed beauty and a haughty person. Her younger sister is already married and she's flighty. She's in the middle and she was going to be married. But the person she wanted to marry, the person she loved, wasn't quite upper crust enough for her family. And this person is played by Cosmo, Captain Frederick Wentworth. So, you know, the movie starts and, you know, they're they're out on the English, you know, grass, you know, by the, you know, cliffs, that whole thing. And they're in each other's arms. And, you know, this tear that goes down his face, and you know, because she's persuaded, title, to give up that engagement. Then you go forth many years, like seven years, or eight years. She still hasn't married. He's gone off to war or whatever. He's come back. Who is he? Who is she? Will they now be able to get together? Because something has happened to her family where they might not need to be so picky when it comes to money. Will that change anything? Now, for them to meet again, what happens is that Dakota just goes to stay with her younger sister's family. Husband's there, children, along with uh, the husband of her sister. He has two sisters. So how do they all work together? And we'll see how the captain and Dakota meet. What's that like? Are there different prospects now for each of them or one of them? Who knows what's going to happen in the end? And then there is a man who does show up played by Henry. Who is this person? He seems to have a very, you know, he's very interested in Dakota. Why? What's up with that? So, okay. Well, the family being ruined. <laughs> Will Dakota get married? What about the captain? And so on and so forth. Persuasion. Now, the books. I did read all of the Jane Austen books at one point in my life. I don't really remember Persuasion. So I could just focus on the movie producer. Have you read any Jane Austen producer? I'm interested. I believe so, but I can't remember which ones I've read. Terrible. I mean, what are we going to do with you? <laughs> so, at the beginning, I think they could have actually shown the breakup between, and that's Dakota and Whitworth, again, Cosmo's character. Instead of just showing what I was talking about, them on the grass and, you know, the little tear or whatever else was going on, it just... It was hard to really get involved because we didn't see how the breakup would have affected them emotionally in that moment. Now, you do see uh, Dakota when, you know, after this happens, you know, how she spends her time. They do this kind of comic setup about it, which might have harmed it as well to take it seriously. I don't know. I didn't I didn't think they set that up that well. 
And then when they get to the consequences of Anne's father, you know, whittling away their fortune, all of that, again, it's serious stuff. Are we supposed to take it seriously? Is it a comedy? It just doesn't quite land either way. So how can the rest of the film, like you're setting it up? It was just hard to know what to do with it. It's casually comic, I think is the issue. So, okay, do you want to be casually comic about finances like that? I mean, at the time and even now, this is very serious stuff. It has to have a bite to the comedy if it's going to work. Or you just need to go full on drama. Like this middle ground thing wasn't quite working. Like just make it a romance, you know, like Pride and Prejudice or something. I don't know. So, you know, we have the Emma kind of thing, which is a more comedic Jane Austen take. If you see, uh, you know, like the Gwyneth Paltrow version of that movie, or maybe they should have done like a Sense and Sensibility with Kate Winslet and so on. Emma Thompson starred in that and wrote the adaptation. Maybe you go that route. I don't know here. Uh, and, you know, when they stage some of the important moments, that doesn't quite land. Like there's a, a moment when Dakota and Wentworth meet again for the first time. Okay, it's eight years, like I was saying, after she rejected his proposal, she was persuaded to do so. They're out of sorts when they first encounter each other. That makes sense. But then after he leaves with Anne's brother-in-law, she like has this bread basket in her hand. She like fumbles with it. And then she just drops it on the table. Come on, and moves on. It was just weird. It's like, no, we have to set that scene up so it lands correctly. It would have been better if she just held onto the bread basket the whole time. Cause then that would suggest to us that she's trapped in that moment still, even though it's passed. And then someone snaps her out of it. Then maybe she drops the basket. You know, you have to set it up. And it's it was weird because Carrie, the director, is a stage director. Like you would expect that this would be a strength. Like, if this were on stage, you'd have to set up the beats. It'd have to have a musicality. It makes no sense. Like, it was just very weird. So I, a lot of the movie was like that. It was just not careful enough in setting up all of these different beats. That's just an example. There are other physical beats that they just lack the choreography. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's another scene, uh, producer, when they're at this dinner party. Anne is there, Wentworth is there, and Anne doesn't want to sit next to him. So it's like this musical chairs thing where she tries to find a seat, but someone else sits in it. But it doesn't work. Like, I, it's not funny. It's not impactful. They just throw away these opportunities. So that's what made it hard for me to root for anybody here. It was dull. Um, the progression of the story suffered as a result. I can't fault the actors, though. I wouldn't fault them at all. Uh, Dakota Johnson is, you know, if you liked her before, you'll like her here. She's just likable. She's chill. She's likable. I didn't mind that. I just don't think everything gelled. And this rests with the director, ultimately. Should know better. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's first film for Carrie, but it, I like the musicality of scenes, the choreography you should have as a stage director. But regardless of all of that, why would you want to watch this? Uh, adaptation of Persuasion. I would say if you absolutely adore period rom-coms, mm -hmm. you want to see the visuals of the English landscapes and estates, that kind of thing. You find Dakota fetching, you know, 
Fetch it. Yeah, fetch it. And you know, you just want to pass the time. This would pass the time. Just don't expect to fall in love. But do I think that some of the critical response is warranted? I don't know. I think they've they're being a bit too harsh, probably, in my opinion. Um, but I don't have their agenda. So it's different. I look at execution. That's my consideration. <laughs> Duly noted. Like updating old stories for today. I don't care. <laughs> Write a new story. Like I, I, I feel a rant coming. I'm going to try to hold it in. <laughs> try to hold it in. But this, oh, let's update it for today. Some of these stories, the reason they resonate or resonated at the time is because of the time. When you try to update them, you then take away the story. It doesn't work. Write your own. Like Ghostbusters, it is of the 80s. That's a part of what makes it charming. Mm -hmm. You try to update it, you might have a problem. Write your own ghost story. I know this is hard because you actually have to sit down and write something instead of, you know, taking a property you already own and making it for 2022 or whatever that means. I don't even know what that means. That's updated. Update it for whom? What does yeah, this mean? I don't need to update anything. Uh oh. Uh oh. The producer's talking now. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Sometimes it's just nice to let things live where they live. Yes. Yeah. Also, how in the world are we ever, producer, going to be able to understand the history of this species if everything is going to be erased and updated? Yeah. Because what happened 100 years ago is now offensive. Yeah. How do we even know it's offensive? You need to have that in place. Yeah. It's like the whole thing about Mark Twain. How do you teach it? You know, do you do you sanitize it? But then are you learning anything? I don't no, understand. You're not. Like, I think that everybody is just a delicate little flower. And that's not life, unfortunately. I wish it were. Yeah. I wish you were safe in life. You're not. Yeah. I was it's having competitive. A with a yeah, it really is. With a um, with a like a fellow creative who was who was struggling with um with like com comedy. And we're going off on a little tangent right here, but like just with comedians and trying to figure out how do we, you know, can we can we create comedy that is non-offensive? And I said, do we as artists, as creatives, do we want to? Because then it won't give us the opportunity to really explore and unpack those those kind of edges that we that we may have or may not know even exist. So if we start censoring art because comedy is an art form, if we start censoring art in that way, right, you don't give it the opportunity to do what art is meant to do. And yes, sometimes it's uncomfortable and sometimes we don't like um, it, it makes us feel a certain way. But those are opportunities for us to grow, learn, and and just like, like I say, test our edges. How is it comedy if it's not potentially offensive? Like it, it goes to, it doesn't even make sense. How can you have inoffensive comedy? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it has happened. I won't say who used to do it because we'll get canceled for it. But you know, I, I just, I don't understand it. Look, like Susan Batson said in Girl 6, respect your art. If you would pay me, you would show that you have respect for your art form. <laughs> yes, that's it. Guys, you know, hey. But, you know, let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. And we're going to go to our TV season finale, um, which is Transplant, brought to us by CTV um, in Canada. You can watch it on uh, NBC, 
Um, this is the finale of season two, and they have already been renewed for season three. So, Critic, what did you think about the conclusion of season two of Transplant? And I'll mm. continue watching season three. Right. Yeah. Good questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, it's created by Joseph K., starring Hamza Haq, Lawrence LaBeouf. I love that name. Laurence LaBeouf, I should say, in French. Aisha Issa is in there. Jim Watson and so on and so forth. John Hanna is jumping in here. So here's where we are in season two. We got Dr. Bash, that's Hamza's character, the titular transplant from Syria to Canada and others. They face a malpractice lawsuit. How's this going to affect his past in Syria? Or really, how does his past in Syria affect this case is the question and his future. Also, uh, when the love of his life comes back, shows up unexpectedly, uh-oh, smiling and everything else. Will he be able to rekindle that flame with her? Along with advancing his career and continue to raise his younger sister. What does the younger sister think about his flame, his, the love of his life? Mm. Now there's also Dr. Madge, Laurence's character. She has to confront her past as well when she's given the chance to work in the cardiology department. So they're in emergency, they're, you know, residents in emergency, really the main characters are. So this is something she's adding to her plate, which is already full. I mean, that's one of her problems, she works too much. And because of that, she has to contend with the new acting chief of emergency, Dr. Novak. Why do we have an acting chief of emergency? Mm. Now, Dr. Novak thinks that Dr. Mags, again, personalizes things too much and he'll let her know. But is there something else going on with him when it comes to her? Is there some sort of prejudice? Mm. Now, he, Dr. Novak, the acting chief, also has a problem with the real chief of emergency, who's Dr. Bishop, played by John Hanna. They have history, of course. What kind of history? Is there a side to take or do they both have a point? Now, speaking of Dr. Bishop, he was suspended from performing surgery, hence the acting chief, due to a health condition that started the show, really. This is why uh, Bash got into this residency program. Saved the man's life. Okay, so he has this health condition. There's an event that occurs. He tried to hide it. It didn't work. He is suspended from surgery. Now, with that said, the question is, how will all of that coincide with the future of Nurse Claire, another character? They have a romantic link. What's going on there? She wants to forward her career. Can she do that with him or will she be in the shadow? That's a question. And where is he going to be in the end as well? Maybe that's answered at the end of season two. It's all connected. Nurse Claire, Bash, and Dr. Bishop. Now there's also Dr. Theo, who started off as a resident with uh, Bash and Mags and one more character I'll get to after Theo. Now he's taken the next step in his career residency's done he's now a full-fledged doctor and he's in pediatrics but he's now headed for divorce because the hospital they work in is so far away from his family and the wife is like i can't take it anymore okay he has to like get on a plane oh wow this yeah this is not like this is canada okay so you might need to get on the plane to oh. go across the country 
what's going to happen there. And then the final person in the core cast is Dr. June, also a resident. She's now chief resident. She nabbed that title. Can she juggle that, though, with trying to appease her mentors? Maybe there are dueling mentors now for her. Also, something comes from her family into this show. We haven't seen the family. Why not? How is she going to adjust all of this stuff? Can she take it? Because she's going to be caught between continuing to learn and making her own decisions. Now, at the end of the season, of course, there are concerns both big and small for multiple characters. I won't give them away. Now, after episode one, producer, I talked about the execution. I mean, if they do this, then it's a perfect medical show. I thought episode one, they were just moving forward. I like when the pace of medical shows is up. We go from scene to scene. Let's keep it moving. Now, did they keep that kind of pace throughout the season? No. No. The, the, the issue with this show is the schmaltz. Like, they, if they were to drop that, it would be perfect. And it depends on the story they want to tell, particularly for the patient's. Because, you know, in a medical show, it depends on the patient, what's the ailment and all this stuff. Sometimes you just start hearing that music. You know, the keyboard starts playing and you're like, okay, I just, I'm checking out. <laughs> also, the thing is, it's transplant is the title. Really, when they focus on Bash and they focus on, is he actually going to be a legitimate doctor in Canada because of what happened in his transplantation? How is his past going to affect him? How is he going to deal with that? If everything flows out of that, it tends to be a bit better. I do think, though, that some of the personal stuff with him is a little weak. Because you need conflict from that. Like, it's a little... Sometimes it was a little too much this season of the love of his life and the sister. That's a little bit of spice. It started turning into a bit much. But mm -hmm. I think when they focus on him and that background in a way that uh, forwards the medical portions of the show... That's when it's at its best and everything should flow for that. But I think it's good enough for fans of this genre. And they have like 13 episodes. It's not like forever, on and on, 22 episodes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're a fan of the genre and you haven't started Transplant, I certainly suggest it. If you're not a fan of this genre, it wouldn't change your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's Transplant. So, you know... Prick takes a lot of time just in the streets of his living room, the living room streets, consuming all of this content so that, you know, we don't have to consume it um, to help you figure out what you want to watch. And um, I thought it just seemed like a good idea to potentially like buy this man a coffee. Um, yeah. Yeah. A couple. A couple. So we can stay up. Um, but no, serious, guys. Like, how do you support the show? <laughs> like, you can support <laughs> our show, our efforts um, by literally so going over to why buy, buy me a coffee dot com forward slash why watch that and supporting in any way that you can. We literally, um, and actually, you can buy us popcorn over there. Like the brand's called Buy Me a Coffee, but what kind of popcorn? Caramel corn, your favorite. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a little, a little bit of popcorn or whatever. Support the on anyway. And we even have a couple of um, uh, tools if you want to, um, you know, purchase something for yourself while supporting our show. 
Now we're going to move into our TV series from me and um, we're going to kick that se- section off with Trigger Point, um, brought to us by Peacock. Um, so, what did you, what did you think about this? Who should be watching it? Yeah. <laughs> now this is from across the pond, so created and written by Daniel Brierly, and it stars Vicky McClure, Adrian Lester, a whole bunch of other people that a lot of people in the states wouldn't know. So. What we have here is Explosives Officers. Their nickname is Expos. Okay, so they're part of the police, all of that. At the opening, they go in, they gotta deactivate the potential bomb. Okay. It's like in an apartment. So you're in this complex, and you've seen if you've seen British shows, you know, you've seen these kind of places before. So we have Vicky's character. So that's Lana. And we have uh, really her mentor. And they're both in there. They have to disarm this bomb. You know that there's going to be some sort of thing they have to watch out for. It probably isn't going to go off. You know, is somebody going to die? That whole kind of thing happens. But what we find out, and I won't give anything away, is across the season, what happens is this might be a conspiracy. So it's not like if you think of a typical procedural where it would be every episode a different bomber it's the same bomber potentially setting different bombs at different locations with different triggers and you know signatures all of that kind of stuff so the question is is it the same person what is the signature and can they eventually get ahead of this person or these people now at first maybe it's something to do with Islam? Is this Islamic terrorism? Or is it not? So as you go through, you'll start to see, well, wait a minute. If they're Muslim victims, what does that mean? Who is behind all of this? Is anybody safe? Now, the theme is very common. I mean, most recently we've seen this in uh, Apple TV Plus's Slow Horses, where, you know, you have certain people, if you've seen that, certain people who, you know, want to stop Muslims and others. Very common. Um, now, if you are tired of that theme, well, what are you going to do with this? Do they have other things that will help you? Now, what I would say is when things are tense here, they are tense. Like, in the opening episode, when we start going in, you know, they're going on this mission to stop this bomb. You get this music going, da 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 you know it's like okay the camera's going all over the place sliding in and out close-ups or not that's the reason to watch this it's really edge of your seat stuff i was like okay what am i getting into outside of that they're all calm moments they make sense for the most part even though i think they could have been edited a little tighter That's what I would say. But I do have to point out the weakest part here. It's the relationship between Lana and a DI, DI Tom Youngblood. I just didn't buy that they would like each other from the beginning. I was like, the chemistry wasn't there. I didn't, didn't make sense to me. I think they would be with different people. So it was superfluous. And that, when I I kept thinking about it, like, why is this here? Because it's not really working. And actually it, help me figure out who was behind the bombs because i was like why would you put this in here 
Now, if you pay attention very closely to how they use it, you would predict who's behind this. Mm. And I think that's a problem. Because I was like, I'm not buying. It's just, it was flat. I was like, mm. And regardless of that, I wouldn't blame the actors. The characters just don't fit. So we gave it away. Before the end, I did figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, regardless, though, it's straightforward entertainment. It kept me watching. The acting is very good. Do they milk the ending? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, going into who should watch this and why, um, I was talking about who created it, but who executive produces it. One of the executive producers created another popular British police procedural called Line of Duty. Now, we haven't talked about that show and why watch that, but if you like the tense parts of that show, you would like this show as well, is probably what I would say. Uh, Now, on a side note, if you haven't seen Line of Duty, you want to check it out, you like this kind of thing, it started years ago, so if you go back to the beginning, it might seem dated, just know that. Uh, Also, when I went to watch it, producer, I was watching on Peacock because... I was there for this show. Why not go there? But for some reason, I don't know if it's me, my account, but it was the picture was like literally shaking. Mm-hmm. Not like on purpose. It was like jittering. I was like, what is going on? So I had to go to Hulu, mm-hmm. which also has Line of Duty to watch. And it wasn't any issues there. I don't know Peacock. Mm-hmm. Now, Trigger Point is just Peacock. You can't go to Hulu for that. But Line of Duty is on both. I had to watch it on Hulu just in case you encounter that issue. Now, if you want to start line of duty again watch it on hulu for me but if you don't know it you're starting it well what about trigger point another thing i would say is you could think of dick wolf uh creator of law and order producer's favorite show chicago (laughs) svu in particular just to be for the record excuse us excuse us and the fbi franchise is so Dick Wolf created all of them. If he were British, he might make something like this. It is on Peacock. That's NBC, after all. But this is more focused than Wolf's recent creations, i.e. it's better than his creations, okay? Now, um, if you're interested in other British shows that are good on Peacock, why not stay on that theme? Uh, The Capture and Vigil. Also thrillers. Very good. And completely different is We Are Lady Parts. Uh, it's definitely not a thriller. It's a comedy for the most part. But for We Are Lady parts, they lose the comedy at the end. I actually went back and finished that producer. And I was like, why? Why do we have to end this way? Mm-hmm. But still, I would recommend those three if you're in a British sort of mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Now on to our next show, uh, Residence Evil. Brought to us by Netflix. That's, that's a comic book based something. Oh, video game. Mm-hmm. Video. Okay, yeah. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that world. So um, who's in it? Who should be watching it? What did you think about it? Yeah. Um, so again, it is based on that uh, video game. And it's developed by Andrew Dabb. Uh, starring El Belin- Ella Belinska, I should say. Tamara Smart. We have Sienna Agudong. Uh, Lance Reddick, uh, Paula Nunez, and other people. So you probably know Lance. That's probably the person that most people would know. 
So in the storyline, there are two timelines. There's three months before the outbreak in 2022. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. And 14 years later. In 2022, Jade, that's Bella's character, her twin sister, Billy, and their father, who is played by Lance, father's name is Albert Wesker, they've just moved to New Raccoon City. Now, what's old Raccoon City and why would anyone want to live in Raccoon City? <laughs> They're in New Raccoon City. And this is like in South Africa because Albert is a top scientist in charge of developing a game-changing drug called Joy. Now, if they call the drug Joy, I'm not taking it. <laughs> you don't trust it. Look, like that song, Joy and Pain, <laughs> Sunshine and Rain. It's Rain and Pain. <laughs> so they, they're developing this drug called Joy for Umbrella Corporation. And Umbrella Corporation owns the town. So it's a company town. You know, they move in there. Everything is like white and sterile. Now, when it comes to Jade, she resents her father for working too much. So we have that theme, which is tiresome. Uh, but Billy, who's turned her back on her delinquent past, what was she doing in her past? Do they tell us? She's much more accepting. Now, she's also a vegan. Why am I saying that? Because they tell us that. Why? For a reason, I guess. Also, she, unlike Jade, has trouble fitting in. What's going to come of that? She was a delinquent. Now she's in a new school she can't fit in. Jade does. How's that going to play out? Will it be as you expect? I don't know. Now, 2036, 14 years later, there are zombie-like former humans called Zeros. So it's a zombie thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Can they gain sentience? That's what Jane, Jade, at this point, wants to find out, all grown up. But of course, it's dangerous. She left her husband and daughter behind to figure this out. So how can she stay safe from the Zeros and still investigate whether they actually have responses other than zombie stuff? Where's dad and sis as well at this time? Now, Dad is connected to the creation of the Zeros, but what role, if any, did Billy play? Mm hmm. Because, like, early on, we see that Dad injects himself with something in 2022. What is that about? Why is he doing that? So, there we go with that story. Oh, it seems very familiar. Now, I know Resident Evil is, you know, it's a old video game. So, okay. But they're making this show now. They've made movies of this mm -hmm. and all other animated series. Do we need this? Now, what I would say is we get a glimpse, glimpse of what this show should be when Lance Reddick winds up in the principal's office. There's a scene. Winds up in the principal's office after an incident at the school of his daughter's. You could cut that tension with the knife. Just based on Lance looking. And saying innocuous things, but it's not an innocuous intent. So that was nice because also you don't really know. You're like, okay, who is this guy? What really is going on? There was a mystery to it. They weren't blurting out the story points. That was intriguing and short-lived. 
Now, I didn't make it to the end of this season, so I don't know. From some of the critics who did, they talk about if you get to the very end, you could even just skip to it. It goes completely nuts with Lance leading the charge because he is the show, really. But they don't know it. Now, when it comes to the main character, Jade, as a teen, I was just annoyed. Didn't care. Didn't want to hear it. I'm not interested in annoying teenagers. Don't care. Now, everything else is passable at best. Even when we get to these supposedly suspenseful action sequences, the only thing that really sticks is Lance again. The back and forth between the two timelines, it dragged things out. The story's already thin. I didn't, I mean, it was testing my patience. So in a nutshell, this is just more zombie stuff with action sci-fi horror wrinkles that don't add that much excitement. Uh, think of The Purge or the DMC uh, miniseries with Rosario Dawson. Uh, pair that with a teen drama in a sci-fi network sort of way. That's this. So you should watch this if you love, and I mean love, the sci-fi network and the CW. Okay? Loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Not here. Now, I can't speak for the legions of fans of the video game or if you enjoyed the numerous films they released previously, I, I, I can't recommend it to you. I would assume if you're that deep into it, you would check it out anyway. Um, mm, that's my reaction to it. They should just do a spinoff with Lance. Get rid of these daughters. Do a spinoff with Lance. All right. Cool. Well, there you have it. There you have it, guys. Um, as always, we like to keep it... <laughs> It's always nice to end on an upbeat note. <laughs> Keep it real, but still let you know who should be watching it. Um, so until next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.